Success is elusive, but it doesn't have to be. This is Limitless Belief, a weekly podcast where we discover the principles of success by those who use them well. Be encouraged, be inspired, be limitless. All right, welcome everyone to the Limitless Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Tobert, and I'm very excited to be with you all today. Um, Whether you're at home, in your car, or taking public transportation, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, This podcast is all about creating a community where people can come share, learn, and grow from the examples and stories of individuals who overcome limiting or limited beliefs. And that's why I'm so excited about our guest today. I believe he represents what we would love to see more of in the world which is people just going for it, right? Uh, going for their dreams in spite of everything not being perfect. Um, having that burning desire, uh, having that desire uh, to serve and learn and give back. And our guest today, Mark Chasman, is a great representation of, of that. He is also the uh, co-founder of Emerging Leaders, the Emerging Leaders Initiative. Um, he's very passionate about leadership and seeing young men and women like myself uh, grow and maximize their impact in the service of others real transformational leadership and the role that he plays in in uh at emerging leaders outside of being a co-founder is as a coach a mentor and a guide uh to those who desire to live fully into god's design for their life um during his professional career he has worn many hats including president and in early in 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 the beginning uh as president and uh of the business fraternity and president of the college of business at san diego state university uh vp general manager at one of ABC's affiliate stations in Alaska, where he met a young Sarah Palin uh, as a reporter, and also a regional VP at America Online AOL, where everyone gets on my case, uh, Mark, because I have an AIM uh, email, but hey, man, it it works for me. Um, In 2005, 2005, uh, he joined uh, a 22-year-old CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, as the regional vice uh, president and the 43rd employee of the social media behemoth uh facebook and since leaving facebook in 07 decided to dedicate his life to developing the next generation of entrepreneurial leaders so mark chasman welcome thank you for being on limitless belief well thank you frederick it couldn't be more excited about being here with you yes sir yes sir so you know i i always like to um you know when we have when i have these conversations with my guests on the show just try to start in the beginning and just try to work our way forward so you know, I'll do the same thing with you. You know, where did things begin for Mark Chasman? Take me back to the beginning where your life journey began. Sure. Well, as far back as I could remember, I, I was always wanting to pursue, uh, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it, you know, greatness. Just wanted to be great at something. Right. And uh, that pursuit kind of drove me early on in terms of the way I looked at opportunities in the world. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. My dad was a Hollywood executive. In the in the in the system that is the entertainment business, and right. so kind of that's where my lens kind of gravitated to, and I thought a lot about how can I be great in the entertainment business. So it was like, right. how can I have a great career, and then from that, right, earn the things that come with that great wealth, great fame, great influence, and and, and that was kind of again, far back I remember kind of my pursuit. Yeah. Um, Along the way, though, I just realized that uh, very shortly, like five years, I burnt out of the business. And what I realized is I had this drive and this plan and this vision for me that not everybody was, you know, jumping on board and helping bring forward. And uh, I got frustrated and I got uh, got kind of disjointed by the whole experience. And I decided to drop out the entertainment business, move back home at 27 and just kind of was in a place that wasn't good, let's say. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And you say uh, that was around when you were like 27 years old? Yeah, about 27 years old. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, through some time and reflection, I started to realize that, you know, the life doesn't revolve around us as, as, as yeah. individuals. You know, there, there, are, there are things at work that are beyond us. And, and at that time, I really didn't have a spiritual, what I call compass. I wasn't a faith person. I grew up kind of in a culturally Jewish home that was pretty much agnostic to things of faith. And right. so I really didn't have a sense that there were things beyond me that were at work. Um, right. And so, you know, that's kind of how, how it all began. <laughs> that's how it began. Yeah, for sure. 
And uh, yeah, I definitely want to, you know, circle back around, you know, and, uh, you know, learn, learn more about, you know, the burnout part. I can, I can relate to that. I, I, uh, I experienced the burnout um, when I was working in the financial services industry uh, right before I actually, you know, met you. And uh, it, it's a, it's a crazy feeling. Um, but, you know, if we could just circle back to just the beginning, you know, what were some of your uh, early influences that began to kind of shape your, your character and your beliefs? I, I would imagine one of them may have, may have been your, your father, but were there any other earlier influence that began to kind of shape, you know, Mark Chasman, who he is today and some of the beliefs yeah. that you Yeah, it was interesting, again, kind of on the evolution of thing, you know, you spoke about in the now, I'm really excited about working with you know, kind of next generation, uh, creative or entrepreneurial minded people. Yeah. Um, growing up, you know, during that time, my dad was, was a labor union executive. He was the, uh, the executive director of Screen Actors Guild. So he, he operated on the side of labor. And I had a next door neighbor who, it was weird. I always saw him wandering around in the middle of the day on a Monday or a Tuesday and, and really kind of wondered like, well, what does he do to be able to kind of, you know, just be available? <laughs> during the week and right. I found out that you know he was an entrepreneur that he and his brother had started a carpet sales business and then they went into manufacturing and then they went out and started their own company right. and as a result um, they became very successful at serving a particular customer actually they became successful at serving the, the hotels that were being now built in Las Vegas these grand hotels at building relationships with uh, them and and they became their customer and what I found out is the reason he was able to walk around on a Monday or Tuesday afternoon was because he was financially free. Okay. Um, that he, he had gotten to that place in his life. Where, so the things that influenced my life were a combination of my dad and his career path and this man and his financial freedom. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and uh, very early in that, I, I was somewhat conflicted because I was kind of looking at going, hmm, I think that's cool. He's, he's got a lot of freedom in his life. And my dad's kind of in this other career and, and, and that's yeah. interesting, but I just burned out of that because I realized I was trying to be somebody I was not. And that's right. how that burnout came about. So that's, those were the kind of the two most impactful influences. My dad and my next door neighbor wow. father actually was, he was, there was a father of the, uh, the neighbor that I knew. Yeah. You know, that, that, that reminds me of uh, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, uh, rich dad, poor dad. Um, is that, are there any <laughs> like is there a correlation between that story and uh you and your and the story you're telling now yeah very much so and and again when i finally read that book it was after right kind of having this experience it really resonated with me because that's exactly it right my dad was operated and lived his life one way had a belief system about how to you know be successful in life that was one belief system and my neighbor had a different belief system and so that in my mind became interesting when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, that brought greater clarity of, oh, interesting. What was this? And it's really about what the topic of your, your podcast is all about. It was about different belief. Um, you know, my dad had one belief on how to be successful. Neighbor had a different belief on how to be successful. They pursued those and then they had different outcomes. And so that got me thinking about more about, wow, like who am I and why am I here and what is it that I believe? Um, and so it was kind of, if we look at coming out of this experience of burning out and moving back home at 27 and saying, I'm done with the entertainment business, that was kind of the next place I ended up, which was really like trying to understand, well, what do I believe? And, and who do I want to become? And, and, and why am I here? And kind of began the journey of asking myself these questions. Yeah. And I would love to get into, you know, that process and, you know, what those questions look like. And I would, you know, love to share with you too, kind of like some of the questions that I was asking. I feel like, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we mirror one another in in so many ways, and it's so it's so it's so great because you know uh, we have such a great relationship. But um, when you were going through this process, you know, what was one of the most important? It's kind of a loaded question, but what, yeah. what was some? What was the most important thing you were, you learned during that time? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, not really kind of, again, knowing what I believed and who I wanted to become after that experience. Yeah. Um, I began, you know, really getting, I kind of really immersed myself in the, the self-help like leadership world, you know, to try and figure out all of that. Right. And uh, one of the first books that I read was a book uh, called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. And Napoleon Hill basically interviewed and studied 
the most impactful um, industrialists during the industrial revolution to understand what they believed, how they thought, how they went about doing what they did, um, yeah. and, and, and kind of what came out of that. And so, yeah, that was kind of my first path of, of kind of engaging in this process, right? Of trying mm -hmm. to understand who I was, what I believed, and, and what I wanted to become in an intentional way that right. was not being influenced just by what my dad did and what his career path was, but by, you know, trying to reinvent myself. And so that was the first book that I read and it really, you know, had a real impact on me. And one of the things that really had an impact on me that was kind of a seed that was planted at the time yeah. was it talked about uh, the things that these industrials had in common and one of them was uh, around this idea of, of mastermind, we call the mastermind. Yeah, um, sure. and, and, and the mastermind was really sums up uh, this principle that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most amount of time with. So right. for those people who were industrialists during that time, they came together even though they had different vocational aspirations and became a mastermind group where they would start meeting with one another and start learning from another and start getting influence and impact or insights from one another that helped mm -hmm. them become great. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that mastermind concept became something that stuck and, and now it's very much a part of kind of the creation of what, you know, I'm now was or helped co-found uh, this thing called the Emerging Leaders Initiative where For we sure. have masterminded groups. I know you're, you've been in them, you've led them yeah. um, and, and you've been able to understand kind of the beneficiary. So that stuck with me and that kind of carried over into the now. So when you were going through, you know, your, your, your time in the uh, entertainment industry um, and you were having some success, what were some of those hurdles that you personally faced on that, on that journey and how were you able to overcome them? And if you didn't, you know, what, what kind of led to the burnout, you know, if that, if that, if that kind of makes sense, like what, what were some of those hurdles that you were kind of going through on that journey? Yeah. Well, there's a specific hurdle. Um, I began in the entertainment business. I wanted to be, you know, kind of elevated to the most powerful positions in the industry. And most of those were, were producers or what they call talent agents. And so right. I began my career at uh, the William Morris Agency, which at the time was one of the largest talent agencies in the world. And, yeah. But they start you off regardless of what your background is coming from college in the mailroom. Okay. And so... Um, <laughs> And they don't really tell you, you know, what the progression timeline is for you to get out of the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got very frustrated early on about being in the mailroom. I thought I was better than that. You know, why yeah. aren't they seeing my great talents and my great giftedness? And why aren't they promoting me? You know, and it wasn't right. happening fast enough. <laughs> so a lot of it was uh, the burnout came from me trying to control okay. uh, the outcomes of my life. Um, okay. I wanted to be great and I wanted to be great now. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it was right. kind of my belief system that I could be was the first part, but then the wanting it and how I went about it was the second part. And that's where it all fell apart. Okay. Um, and I was vocal about, you know, being frustrated. I somewhat kind of played victim in, in the way that I was being treated. And when one day they decided to call me in and say, we don't need you anymore. Oh um, man. Okay. <laughs> so, that, so that's how it went down. And back to really kind of like didn't really understand uh, how I grow myself to become the kind of person that people see uh, as somebody they want to promote <laughs> because right. of their character, because of their integrity, because of their credibility. Um, I didn't understand those dynamics of that's how we get ahead in life. Okay. I was thinking, you know, they should just see who I am and, and, and rise me to king, uh, right. raise me up, you know, and, and that didn't happen. So that's what kind of led to it. And there were circumstances, uh, you know, in Hollywood, there was a lot of going out and pretending you're something you're not. I was going right. to parties. I was getting in all the stuff. It was the 80s. And, and that really didn't work for me very well. And yeah. uh, anyways, I just yeah, I uh, bad start. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you had a chance to reinvent and, um, you know, and, you know, that's, that's something that we all at some point are going to have to do. Um, is this yours kind of happened earlier? Maybe yeah. <laughs> you probably, probably wanted, <laughs> expected, um, you know, so that you had a certain belief system at that time. And after, after that, when you had to restart and you had to, you know, move back in, 
what was the process that you developed in dealing with some of those limiting beliefs from that first go around in your professional career in your life move so that moving forward, you know, some of those same, same mistakes wouldn't happen again. What, what was that process like? Well, I was, you know, sometimes again in crisis and, and, and reflection, we're really able to see our true selves. And what I realized is that what I saw was that I was self-centered. Okay. And I thought everything in the world should revolve around me. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a real rude awakening. Um, okay. And as opposed to what I, what the, the shift was, as opposed to being self-centered, I shifted in my belief to be self, to be, to be others centered, to be, to be about centering others, uh, you know, uh, putting others needs and, and, and their desires, uh, first. Um, right. and again, it wasn't an automatic, right? Hey, all of a sudden one day I wake up and now, you know, Frederick's needs and desires are more important than mine, but it yeah. was a kind of a seed that again got planted, um, that led to kind of a drawback on, on, on a statement that actually I learned when I was in this professional business fraternity I was in college, our statement of, of who we are was, was really about living into the motto of he profits most who serves best. So yep. my orientation went from kind of self-center to service center. Okay. And, okay. and that's what began to really kind of put me, at least in the career track, on a better path. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're in, I got into sales, I was selling uh, advertising time for television stations in the West Coast. And I started to realize, it, you know, I'm selling air. And right. so I was realizing that if the people that I was selling air to didn't believe and trust that I was, had their needs and their desires, and I put them first in terms of the service of them, then they yeah. could buy air from a lot of other people. They didn't need to buy it from me. <laughs> right, right. For sure, for sure. So that was, that was the, sh and that's when I started, you know, doing better in my career in terms of that concern and started having more success in my career because I, I took myself out of the center and put service to others at the center. Okay. Okay. And that, that quote, that's for, that's a Zig Ziglar quote, right? Yeah. It's you also, know. that is a Zig Ziglar. He profits yeah. most who serves best, right? Who serves best. Yeah, Yes. for sure. And I read something um, that you wrote about, you know, you say you view self-centered and self-serving leadership as the cause of what, what uh, much of what ills us today. And, um, you know, I, I found myself, Mark, um, there was a workshop we did with uh, emerging leaders with uh, John Stallworth. Yeah. And uh, I read his, I read his book, the serving leader. It's called the, uh, the serving leader. Mm -hmm. um, I read, I read that book, you know, mm -hmm. afterwards, a actually you gave me the book. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that I think about it. And um, it talks about, you know, like upending the pyramid, right. Where you mm -hmm. started, you know, at the, the, instead of the, the big part being at the bottom, the big part is at the top where you build on strengths. And then at the bottom of the pyramid, the pointy part is like run a great purpose. And one of the things I've always struggled with, with, um, with this service, service first aspect, which is, you know, how, how can, how do you serve? And at the same time, you know, aren't, you know, have yourself in a situation where you're not just giving, but you're also, you know, getting something back in a way where you're still able to kind of like sustain yourself so that way you can continue to serve. And, um, you know, I, I guess in the beginning when I was going through this process, I took it to an extreme. I was just like all service <laughs> and uh, I wasn't really receiving anything back in return outside of like the admiration and the, the influence and the sure. respect. Yeah. Uh, but like what's, it seems like there's this balancing act between service and then that self-sustaining model as well. How, how, how did you navigate that? where you were able to kind of like balance both, both things? I know. Did that make sense? I'm, is this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. I think that, you know, um, there's there's the doing of the work which is about right serving others yeah. and understanding their needs right. and then there's about what i call kind of getting compensated for doing the work okay and and <laughs> i believe that the compensation comes in two pieces one it comes in right delivering value to your right. customer based on the way they define value mm -hmm. and then two affirming in that that they receive the value that you delivered them so it's intentional about, hey, Frederick, I'm showing up here today to serve you and understand, first and foremost, what your needs are and see if I can help you right, realize that. Right. And if I do that, right, yeah, and you value it, uh, I would hope that you would value it in a way that you would desire to you know, give back in return. Right. And so that give back could be any kind of asset you might want to ask for. One of them could be compensation, financial right. compensation. Okay. So here's what I usually get in terms of compensation when I've served people based on, you know, meeting their needs. 
and you can mm -hmm. come up with a number. That's one way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but if we don't ask, right, we don't get. And I think right. that sometimes we think that not asking yeah. is being of pure and true service as opposed to being of service, seeing that they received value and then asking for something in exchange. It's called the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity works. I give, you get, you give, I get. Right. Um, and, and in the universe, it's really about, quite frankly, the way the economic system works. It works yeah. on the principle of there are buyers and there are sellers. Right. Sellers sell to buyers who need what sellers have. <laughs> and buyers give back to sellers what they get in return for bringing what they need. Right. That's our economy. So for if sure. we don't we understand it and then ask, sometimes put the, put the connect the dots for people, yeah. then sometimes we, 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 we volunteer. And there's nothing wrong with volunteering. Right. Right. Yeah. No, but, but I, volunteering I, doesn't, doesn't, is not about getting compensated for what we do in that way. So. Right. 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 Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I think situationally I've been using uh, volunteering as a way to, um, I, I, you know, some, some, some things you should just volunteer. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily right. ask, you know, get any type of compensation monetary, mm -hmm. monetarily. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just makes it feel better. It, it makes the experience better. You know, it's just, I've, I've been learning that, right. Not everything has to revolve around money. Um, you know, and if, if, if that's the case, then it kind of, it kind of like cheapens the experience sometimes. And that's, that's, that's been my experience over the last three years is that mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, just, just volunteer, just give your time, you know, give, give your talent, give your treasure. And the, what comes back to you is something that is a, is a lot better than money sometimes. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been a great ride. It's been a great journey. So that law of reciprocity, I could definitely speak to that, um, that, you know, it's something that's real and it, 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 it doesn't always show itself to be a financial game, you know? Um, so that, that's, that's, that's a great thing. Um, in the beginning, you talked about, uh, greatness was something that you were striving for. Yeah. Well, fame, influence and things of that nature. And I know influence is something that, you know, uh, I've talked with you extensively about, um, but you know, just for our audience, how do you how do you define influence, and what do you think it takes uh, for a person to become a person of influence in an ever changing world? Yeah, well, I, I love the question. I think you know, first and foremost, my definition is is the the ability to yeah. uh, affect another's attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors. Okay, and that influence could be positive or it could be negative. Okay. So with that being said, I believe that everyone has it. Right. Some of us are doing it, what I call, by, with intention, and some of us do it by default. But we are influencing others. Right, right. <laughs> um, also, when we think about influence, I believe, again, it's not a position. Yeah, right. It's right. not about having a title. That's mm -hmm. not influence. Influence, again, is the ability to affect another's attitudes and beliefs and behaviors. I think if it's good influence, it's for their benefit. <laughs> right. If it's not so great influence, then it's for the person who's doing the influence benefit. And therefore, it's not influence, it's manipulation. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And um, do, you have, do you have like a, an example of that? Because I was thinking about do you build that, that good influence through service? Is that the, Absolutely. the, the connection? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of in the definition, right? Uh, if it's influence, then it's not for my benefit. It's mm -hmm. for Frederick's benefit. Right. So in it, I'm taking manipulation out of it. That if I wanted to get something from you for my right. benefit, that's not influence. <laughs> okay. If it's influence, it's for your benefit. Okay. And it's not me telling you it's for your benefit. You're receiving it as a benefit. Right. So again, we often use the term kind of very broadly, right? So yeah. I think that the, I, the story that I was telling about me is what was I doing? I was trying to manipulate the others to get me what I wanted out of life. And that all fell apart. My burnout was a function of me working a manipulation strategy to bring about what I desired. Right. And people weren't jumping on board with that. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Okay. When I learned that I needed to become a person, I desired to become a person of influence. You're right. I began with how do I become better at serving others? 
Okay. Because influence first and foremost is about for the benefit of others. Right. Right. And what does that look like, like situationally? Let's say. Yeah, in a practical way. Yeah, like let's say um, you have someone that's not maximizing their potential. Yeah. At at their job, you have uh, let's you know I I hate these, but you have like a one on one. (laughs) Um, How do you serve that person in that moment where you know uh, you're trying to influence them? to maximize their potential, not manipulate them to maximize, yeah. maximize their potential. What does that look like? How does that look like practically? Well, I start usually again, and you've been in this, is trying to understand Frederick, right? right. And, and, and Frederick is a human being. So uh, to understand Frederick and, and all that is him is it starts with the desire to invest time, to right. want to spend time with you. If we want to really show people that we're, we, we want to influence, be an influence in their lives for their benefit, then I call it, we have to be willing to invest time. And we must want a desire to spend time with them because we, we, we truly, truly care about them as, as, as a human being, as a person. Yeah. And if we don't, right, and we're trying to right, get something from them, again, not influence, manipulation. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. <laughs> so the example was, right, here's what I want, you know, what I would like for Frederick is for him to experience what God has purposed me to be about is to help people uh, understand their design and purpose, God's design and purpose for their life, and then help them live into that. Okay. Well, if you're going to think that I want to do that for your benefit as opposed to doing it from a place of manipulation, I've got to invest time spending time with Frederick, getting to know you. And having right. conversations about what are your heart's desires, what are your struggles, you know, what are the things that, you know, have come your way, what are the things that are up against you. Um, right. I need to know you to grow yeah. you kind of is the, is the principle, right? And gotcha. if I'm going to help you benefit from what I can come with, I need to know you in a way. So it's relationship. It's relational. It starts right. with relationship. Okay. Bottom line, if you don't really desire to be in a relationship with a particular person, then then don't pretend that you're trying to be of service and trying to help them, you know experience what uh, they desire because people can read right through that and and we've been in what i call transactional situations where people are you know you're not your sense is these people aren't sincere about caring about you they're just trying to get what they need whether it be you know buying a a car or right on a car on a lot or you know whatever insurance yeah (laughs) i mean those are kind of the the ones that get, get you know, branded as although they're just manipulators as opposed to, you know, people who really care about me and my needs mm-hmm. and the outcomes mm-hmm. that relate to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my, when I, when I got out of the, the, you know, entertainment business, I, I decided to go sell airtime for television stations. I realized that airtime is not, you know, trying to help you compare two products against one another, this pen versus this pen and, and tell you why this pen is better than this pen. Right. I was trying to help them feel like I really cared about their business okay. and it being successful. So I would show up and ask questions that would help them see that I cared about them and their business as opposed to just try and show up and say, hey, I got some airtime to sell. You want to buy it? Right. And so relational, just being relational. Being relational, just yeah. like being uh, the best, the best salespeople are really kind of like consultants in a sense, like they're like the best consultants ask the best questions. Like yeah. you said, you know, get, get to know the person. To get to know the person, right? It's not just the, person. the easy thing to do is ask the, the best questions to, to know where the money is and how to get it you know, from them <laughs> so you can get it in your pocket. The hard <laughs> right. thing is, is to, to spend the time asking the kind of questions that, that allow you to get to know the heart of the person that you're dealing with and allow you to build a connectivity that right. is, you know, is valued relationally beyond the what can you sell me. Right. Okay. And this, 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 um, I guess we can call it maybe, uh, this method mm-hmm. of, of, uh, that's like this, it's, it's like two sides of a coin. Uh, yeah. I know we've talked about, you know, the world's way and we talked about God's way, yeah. um, the self-centered and the self-serving leadership style. Is that yeah. more of like the world's way of leadership and, and yeah. Okay. And the other side, which is what we, we kind of expanded on right now, that's more of God's way. Where, where did the, how did you land on that? I mean, yeah. was it just was it more just like experiential or was it something that you maybe did you have a mentor? Yeah. Like how, how were you able to kind of come to this this uh this uh this new operating system? I just used one of your words. How were you able to come to this new operating system as it, as it pertains to uh 
helping people and serving people? Well, I, I, um, it's a great question is the fact. So in the efforts to try and be great in my eyes, right. The way that I had defined it, that yeah. not working, uh, I started moving down this path of, of realizing, you know, hmm, that again, there's a God and that God right. has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives. And right. he also has a process by which we quote unquote become successful. Right. And so in that process, I started to understand his way of helping us thrive in life or experience life to the fullest, whatever language we want to use. Right. And part of that is really grounded in two of his great commandments. And I love, again, the word great is behind it. His right. first great commandment is to love God. Yep. His second great commandment is to love his neighbor right. or love our neighbor. <laughs> right, 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 right. Frederick, my neighbor, if I'm to love my neighbor, right, the best way for me to love my neighbor is for you to, to, to feel like I truly care about you as a person, a holistic person, you're not just a transaction and a guy who's got a job in a company who buys television advertising time. Mm -hmm. You're a human being who has a life and you have work related to that life and you have things you're interested in outside of that work and you have people you care about and you have If I want to love my neighbor, it's about getting to know my neighbor. So there's right. the great, there's the great commandment, you know, there comes from God. And the second part of the great commandment or the, the, the second principle behind God's, you know, achieving and realizing success is living into what's called the great commission, which is now going and making what he calls learners or disciples. We call them disciples of who God is and what God wants for them. Okay. And so I started to realize, again, this is part of my spiritual evolution that got integrated into my work and career related, you know, a belief system. Yes, sir was that if I can live into the great commission and the great commandment, then I would see more success in my life. And that is the truth of what ended up happening. I found a lot more peace. I yeah. found that when I made it not all about me, but I made it about all about others and things started to work. I found out when I did it around God's framework and his processes for living into the great commandment, which yeah. is to love him and love my neighbor and did it around the great commission, which is then go and help, um, you know, others become disciples or learners of God's processes that they can benefit from that, that right. that's when things started to come my way. And yeah. uh, it just was, you talk about night and day, right? Yeah. One, one, one belief system had no, you know, God in it. <laughs> right. And this belief system follows God's framework <laughs> for yeah. how to succeed in life. Right. And, and, and that was the big transformation. Again, it took, it's been over time. Um, right. Right. The, the, do you feel like the, uh, so the name of the podcast is limitless belief. Yes. Um, the first belief system or the, the path that you're taking, did it, did it feel in hindsight to be more limited as, oh, yeah. a, as a result? And do you feel more limitless now as a result of going down this, this path that you're on now, or do you still have, do you still experience some, limiting belief oh, yeah. even even now on this path okay and um how are, how are you <laughs> how how are you um how are you handling those internal and external limiting beliefs even even now on this path like what's yeah. that process what's that what's the foundation the infrastructure that you've built to kind of deal with that with those um with those beliefs even now well, it's, it's, well, first and foremost, like all of all of what I was talking about is what I realized was getting my way of kind of right the full success of life was self-limiting belief. Yeah, yeah. Focus okay. on myself was what was limiting. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I began focusing on God and others, right? That great commandment, love God and love others. When I start focusing on God and others, now yeah. I'm not focusing on myself. So now things are getting better. But my nature, and this is part about understanding who we are in, in, the, in the creation, who we are, who being created to be, is yeah. my nature is, is, is more introverted, actually, than it is extroverted. So okay. there's a tendency to want to lean into myself, right, to be self, to get back in that self-centered place, right. especially when I'm trying to, you know, accomplish things. So, you know, let me think about it. And I realize that in the doing what I do, when I do it with others, I have much more success. Okay. I have much more joy. I find much more peace in doing with others. So, you know, the gravitational pull is to kind of to be kind of the self-made man. That's yeah. my, my nature. Right. The discipline now is to not to be self-made, is to be others-oriented. And in the others, that's where you create the greatest, you, the things that you create. So I'm very much about helping people learn how to build teams 
and do it effectively. Um, okay. And I'm also, again, an introvert. So I understood that the benefit of being parts of teams and being together with others, being together with people who are strong where I am weak, is how I become more successful in the areas of life that are important. Wow. But, and, and try and help teach others that as well. And the, the thing that goes against the grain on that is my nature is more of an introverted nature. So right. I, I have to, I've had to develop this discipline of saying, I know I'm better with others. I know I'm better with others, but my natural pull is toward just doing it on my own. I yeah. got to push myself out of that to be a team player. And for becoming sure. a team player is a, is a real struggle for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I can agree with that. Um, you know, I share, I share that with you a lot. Um, that, man, is just sometimes, you know, in basketball, they call it hero ball. You know, you just mm. feel like you can – you feel like you can win the game by yourself. I mean, it's, it's four other people out there with you. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like you can't even see them. And uh, yeah. I've, struggled, I've struggled with that a lot, too, and, uh, and the stress that comes along with it. And I can't remember exactly. I would imagine that I may have gotten some good results or something like that at some point mm -hmm. early, early in life where I felt like that was the way. And yeah. then it was just hard to kind of get out of it. But you're right, you know, in, in concert with other people, like, that collaborative effort it definitely unlocks something something better you know about about any given situation and i'm yeah. learning to lean, lean more into that and uh one 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 example of that is this is this podcast you know so um, yeah yeah so that's 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 a great that's a great lesson um what, did what, you what, see what, a question for you just kind of as a way to illustrate it did you see the last dance the story about michael jordan and the bulls and <sighs> everything here I think the question is, it's not, yeah. have I seen it? It's yeah. how many times have I seen it? There we go. Okay. So point being, right. And I think, you know, <laughs> we're trying to bring illustrations or visual understanding to the lives of the people that are in our audience listening to you and I talk right now. Yeah. But I thought, you know, obviously in the most recent, we're two guys in Chicago. So that's easy for us, you know, yep. watching that story of Michael Jordan with the Bulls and kind of his, his, his trajectory to becoming great, to being great, was yeah. really interesting because there was a point in his career very early on where he was winning all the accolades. You know, he's getting MVP, he's right. getting all-star, you know, he's getting all the right, he's getting high, he's, he's scoring all the points. Right. And then they bring in this coach, Phil Jackson, and he says, hey, you know, uh, Michael, if you really want to be great, you know, we're going to have to be a team here. And right. then he instituted a process to bring about team, which Michael didn't fall in love with me and called the triangle offense, which now meant, right, when others are available to receive the ball and shoot the ball, others are going to receive the ball and shoot the ball. Right. And in the beginning, right. Michael wasn't about it, you know. Nope. But it kept on resonating. To be truly great, you have to be truly great with others because you can't win championships, which is the pinnacle of greatness in our sport, yeah. unless you are able to involve others. And Man. there you saw his evolution. And it wasn't easy because his natural, his nature was to just, you know, to have people get the ball to him and have him shoot and have him score. That right. was who he was. That was his nature. And he had to adjust that. He had to sure. change the discipline around that in order to involve others and win championships. Yeah. I just have a few more questions. And then, sure. you know, I, I think, I think this would be a great place for us to kind of stop. Um, but you know, I've been asking everybody, you know, how do you define success? You know, I, I get a lot of different answers. I kind of shared with you earlier, you know, where I've kind of landed on in the last year and a half, where um, trusting and loving the process more than the end result has become my definition of, of success. And um, it's, it's, it's been playing a critical role in, you know, my evolution going through my journey and, my, and uh, uh, you know, overcoming some of my limited beliefs. Um, but how do you define success and how, how has that changed for you over the years? You know, your definition of success. Yeah, no, great, great question. Well, um, first of all, where it started was, like I said, is, is really more about becoming great in, in, in the eyes of right kind of the world. Right. And, and so those trappings, those pursuits were, you know, the fame, the great, the great fame, the great fortune, the, yep. the great power, the great, you know, all of that Influence. stuff. Right. Um, and then the change of that was really starting to receive, you know, more success as I shifted my energy toward being of service to others. Yeah. And what I've really defined it down to now, and again, it's the now definition, is living fully into who I am, whose I am, and why I am every day. Okay. So it's, it's the intention of waking up today and saying, you know, Mark, today is a great day. Thank you, God, for it. 
Um, today's another opportunity to live fully into who God has designed purpose me to be okay. and, and whatever opportunities you present to me to do that. Uh, you know, I ask humbly that you give me the strength to, uh, to, to be, to be about that. And yeah. so my success is about being about that, being about right. who I am, whose I am and why I am and living into every day and then coming alongside others and trying to help them be successful in that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's big. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And you're doing it. So this yeah. to me is success, right? It's the now of, of Frederick and I together in this moment that is my definition of success. For sure. I'm being who I am, who's I am, and why I am, and I'm living into that fully, and you're doing the same thing. Yeah. To me, that's that's a great that that's a great day. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and I and I, I share that with you, and that's a great definition. I'm putting that one in the bucket too. Uh so yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um so the, uh, the other question, the la one of the other questions I had for you is, um, how do I say this question? Tell me something that, that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is my favorite one, and it's, it's challenging because we all have, right, um, circumstances in our life. Yeah. But I, I definitively believe this, that the life that is our life we have created <laughs> wherever that life is in the now whatever it is we have been the creator of that life yeah now some of us again now kind of the, the caveat is i believe that um and and others will say well what about you know my life is my life because of these circumstances right. the color of my skin right now we're in a conversation and i think it's a great conversation yeah and it's, it's around right systemic racism well i had we, we have belief systems, right? A system of belief. And I believe that we do have a system of belief that pervades this country that needs to be changed. Right. But it starts with individuals, you know, first. It starts with us first. Right. What's our system of belief? What's mine? And, and so in the now, it's really got me to this place of, of evaluating. What is my system? Is it truly aligned? And who should it be aligned with if it's true um, and it's pure, and, and to me, it's aligned with God. What is God's mm -hmm. belief about who we are, whose we are, and why we are? Right. And so when we live into that, then we start to experience right, the life that we are creating in the way that we desire it to be, as opposed to the life that is our life that is circumstantial or is yeah. being affected by what others. And it's a deep mm -hmm. conversation that I really love having, but yeah. I find that people sometimes push back on me with that when I say the life that is your life in the now you've created I have people who push that back and say, wait a second, you don't know my, my circumstances. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see the argument for both, for both sides. And I think, um, you know, I can actually probably, probably provide examples of how both are true just mm -hmm. in my life, just in general. Yeah. Um, so I, I can, I can see the argument for both sides. I think that I, I do think that um, we, we can't control where, where, where we take it. Um, like I, one of, one of my guests on the show, he gave a great example of how he used his com competition strength, mm -hmm. which was something that when, when I was a mentor for, with emerging leading, when I, when I mentor with four emerging leaders with the group that I had, yeah. one of my, one of my mentees, his top strength was co competition. We, we, for the life of us could not figure out how to use this strength. Right? Like, how can you use this? Like, like how is that a strength? You for know? the benefit of others, right? For the, for the, yeah, for the benefit of the others. And yeah. uh, it, it wasn't until I interviewed um, two people actually on my podcast that, I, that it, it made sense. They, they, the way that they use their competition strength, it propelled them past their circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like, where they started yeah. was certain, it may, it may not have been the most ideal circumstances. Yes. But they, they were able to use their competitive strength yes. to propel them to yes. a place where had it not been for the for those competitive for, for that competition, for that well, I think I could be better than that. Or I can, you know, mm -hmm. like the thing that Michael Jordan has that you know they wouldn't have been yeah. able to get to that point. So yeah, I can see how that, but some people could succumb to their circumstances, right? Maybe maybe yeah. but maybe it's because they haven't tapped into what their strengths are. like. They they recognize that that was a strength, yeah. and, and then got into a situation where they were able to cultivate it, which was sports. Um, you know, sometimes I think one of the one of the biggest issues, and I think which is really great about emerging leaders, is that we're t we're helping people discover what their strengths are, what their shape is, so that way if you can identify it, then then you can start to exercise it. And um, you know, start to change, start to change your, your circumstances, and that's another part of the story that I can tell. 
but there was a time and you know you knew me before you know I, I started to go through this process where my circumstances was potentially you know becoming who I you know what ultimately I was going to become right yeah. and uh yeah. you, you got there has to be a process that that you have to put in place in order to kind of get through that and um so I I agree with you and I can I agree with the other other side yeah yeah you know, and well and, and I love <laughs> your, your analogy is a really good one because it, yeah. what it speaks to is right um back to when we know who we are, whose we are, and why we are right. on the who we are, right? The strengths are a big component of the who we are. And right. so we, now we use a framework to try and help people identify and understand their strengths. There's an example, competitiveness. And that what I would say is Michael Jordan, right? Yep. He was using that strength to benefit him in the first part of the last dance story. Yeah. Well, the shift was is from Phil to help hit Michael see that true greatness comes from using your gift of competition to helping others and then together, right, right compete at the highest level and become the best. And right. so it's all about, again, the use of, right? I'm a maximizer yeah. in my strength and it's about what we're talking about. It's about helping people go from good to great. But if it's right. all about me, right? right? And it's not about how that turns to the benefit who toward others, then it really truly is not about greatness in what I would consider the highest level of greatness in God's eyes. It's just about, you know, me getting accolades. Uh -huh. And when it's about me getting accolades and there's the manipulation, that's not really about influence because that's not about benefiting you. That's right. not about benefiting others. So right. there's a great ways to look at, you know, everything that we're unpacking here. What right. I love more than anything else is what we're doing right now is we're having the deep conversation. The deep conversation, <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. The, the much needed conversation, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep it going. Um, you know, uh, the last question I have for you is, and this is just for the audience, you know, what advice would you give someone, you know, that's struggling with lim limiting beliefs? Um, you know, you've given me a lot of advice over the years. Um, and I, I know it's going to, it's, it's not easy to kind of unpack or to give like this, you know, this one thing that, that'll, that'll be able to change it all. But, you know, if, you know, for people like myself who were struggling with limited, limiting beliefs that you've been able to help throughout the years, like, you know, I feel like you're someone that's perfect to maybe, you know, maybe give some, some, some advice in, in, in reference to this particular topic. So, you know, if, if, if you have any advice, you know, what advice would you give some, anyone that's listening in, in on this show that's struggling with limiting beliefs that they can, you know, take it in, start to apply it and maybe see, start seeing some results? <laughs> yeah, well, what I learned again, and this is, you know, from my experience, that yeah. if, if we have beliefs that are not getting us to where we desire to be, yep. then, right, we, we uh, need to think about change. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we can't get to where we're going with the same level and thinking that got us to where we are today. So if we want to go somewhere different, want to go somewhere better, whatever the definition of that might be, then we have to right, bring in a new level of thinking. And the way that's worked for me has been in the construct of a community. Others who also want better for themselves, also who want different in their lives, also going, coming along with others who desire to alter their beliefs so they can get something different uh, in their lives. And when yeah. you're doing a community and that community uh, creates safe spaces and courageous spaces to build relationships where you feel like you can put anything on the table and kind of navigate through it with others, then that's when you start to see the greatest breakthroughs. And it's the greatest joy when you're actually, again, are able to see yourself grow and in the context you see others grow as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the best advice that I give you is get involved in a community that is about helping you grow to become all that you are to be, all you desire to be. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens again, and I didn't think that I was going to show up to give a sales pitch, but the Emerging Leaders Initiative yes, is sir. all about that. Um, we are a community. And the way we onboard yep. people into the community is, is through a process we call discover. And yep. you go on this journey with a couple other people also trying to discover who they are, what their design and their purpose is so that then the others can come around them and help them live more fully into that. And, uh, and Absolutely. that's what's been, what I've been able to benefit from in my life. That's yep. what, uh, you know, hopefully Frederick, that's what you've been able to benefit from your life as a part of, you know, this Absolutely. community and uh, that my, my encouragement was to, to be able to you know, do this. If you want to bring, get growth, you want to change, do it within the framework of community. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And, um, you know, I would, I would have to say if, if I, you know, utilize my influence to say, yes, Emerging Leaders is a great community uh, for those who 
may be having some of these these issues, you know, these limiting belief issues. Uh, I found it to be uh, a saving grace in more than one way. Um, and uh, in, in the construct of community is definitely where you see, see growth uh, the most because you're, you're, among, you're amongst other people who are growing and uh, they're not, you know, they're not there to, you know, judge you in any way, right? They're there just to listen and, and be a helping hand and help spur each other on to good works and deeds and uh, Emerging Leaders is definitely all about that. So I second that, Mark. Thank you so much. You mind um, if I uh, give the web address in case anybody oh, wants yeah. to go there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, if you want to check out what we're about, obviously you can always reach out to, uh, to me or Frederick, um, but the web address is www.emergingleadersinitiative.org. So you can Excellent. check it out there and uh, get some more information. That's awesome. Thank you, Mark. Is there anything I didn't that uh, anything I should have asked you but didn't? <laughs> no, I just think uh, this is a, a great a great work that you're doing here, Frederick. Um, Thank you. We, we all suffer from self limiting belief, and even yeah. as we're on this journey to try and conquer it, as we just talked about, uh, it's natural to want to be kind of a self made person and kind of turn within to try and you know bring about what we want for our lives and yeah. always many of us have been quote unquote burned from you know trying to work with other people and, yeah. and not having been successful in that but i would uh, highly encourage you to you know kind of push beyond that try and be uh in this construct of doing life with others and uh who are also trying to do what you're trying to do and you'll find great joy in it yes sir thank you mark thank you for being thank you for being on the podcast my pleasure frederick thank you for having hey so everybody, uh, thank you everyone for, for tuning in and listening. Um, you know, as Mark said, that true success li li lies in living fully into the who, who's, and why, you know, I am every day. And true success lies also in the process, not the end result. So until next time, everybody, uh, stay limitless, and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more episodes just like this one, be sure to subscribe to Limitless Belief wherever you get your podcast. And remember, knowing means nothing until you apply it. So get going, get growing, and I'll see you on the other side of Limitless.